he doesn't care about your feelings or what you've done before. He wants to win. He's going to put the best guys in the field. And it is what it is. And that's kind of, you know, I, I respect that. It's Ches and Balls back again. This is The Waggle presented by Sport Clips. Don't forget, you can always style and profile. Look just like one Mr. Davis Sanchez. You know, the guy who's like a three-time Grey Cup champion, a four-time CFL All-Star. Just ask him. He'll tell you all about it. You just might have to spend the whole night listening to him. Uh, but I, that's beyond the point, right, Sanchez? Uh, but Sport Clips, hey, listen, get the MVP haircut experience, hot steam towels, massaging shampoos. Hey, look. Perfect time to watch a little baseball in the middle of summer. Loads of screens and TVs, sports, sports, and more sports, people, and legendary haircuts. And uh, if you want to go check out your own version of what uh, you envision, you want that Batman haircut on the side or the Michael Jordan logo, you want to go back to 1990, well, all you got to do is go to cfl.ca slash waggle, and you can redeem a free haircut experience courtesy of Sport Clips. Find the nearest one by you at sportclips.ca. Ah, how's that? Did I get that right? Good afternoon, sir. <laughs> Good afternoon. How you doing, sir. Davis? I'm amazing. I am absolutely amazing. That was uh, quite the interesting weekend of, of football, and it's crazy. We're already already at week five. That's it's uh, it's it's flying along, and uh, I think one thing that that it kind of is it, kind of I don't, we're there yet, but we're getting there. Is is teams are, you know, they're they're forming. You can now kind of see, you know, what who's who and what's what. It's kind of, uh, you know, there's no longer uh, small sample sizes. We have, you know, a lot of teams that have, or a few teams have played four games now, and and uh, you got a pretty good idea of of who's who. So I think we're getting there. But at the same time. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm still kind of confused as to... I feel like there's a lot of teams right now suffering from an identity crisis. Uh, you know, there's some that I probably overestimated. There's some that I think I underestimated. And then there's just some straight-up underachievers oh. and overachievers. I, I don't know if anybody's overachieving just yet. I mean, if there was anybody you could make to say that they're overachieving, maybe Calgary, but... Calgary has pretty much done this year after year after year, so I don't think you can call them overachievers, but there's a lot of parity right now. How about that? The, the one thing is that that all of these games in week five coming up are all rematch games. I mean, it, the, the you know the Calgary-Ottawa wasn't last week, but, but Calgary had a bye last week. But before the bye, they played they play Ottawa. And then you have Toronto-Edmonton, which is a rematch, and then Winnipeg-BC. So, I mean, that – those games right there, you know, teams that have – if you get whooped twice by the same team and, and all three of these – well, not Toronto, Edmonton, but BC got whooped. We'll talk about them uh, in depth. Of course, there's a lot going on there. But they got it handed to them pretty good. Uh, Calgary got in got in Ottawa pretty good. And I think, you know, that if – you know, it's tough to beat a team back-to-back. And if you – especially handily, and I think that tells you a lot as well if you – you know, get in a situation where you get hand, get it handed to you back to back weeks by the same team. Uh, that shows me that there's a, a big disparity between between skill level or the, between where these teams are at right now. This is, uh, I guess, as as you might say, this is like uh, Labor Day light, like rivalry yeah. rivalry week light, kind of the rematch and where. 
Uh, it's you know almost middle of July here now, and we're getting the second legs of a lot of East-West sort of matchups. I mean, Winnipeg, BC as well. Um, let's let's dive into what I, I think right now is really the most pressing issue, and that is what's happening at the quarterback position uh, with the BC Lions. And the Lions got thumped again for the second straight week, and this is a team that had some encouraging signs, or at least you know, hey, uh, a little bit of a rah rah after the disaster last year. They pick up a win over Montreal, and. I guess for some people, you take that with a grain of salt, but they get a bye week. So Wally Buono kind of waves the flag about how great this bye week is because they get an extra week to prepare and all these new faces and all these newcomers. And they come back and they get rolled not once, but twice. So now they're one and two. And look, you can you can poke holes on a lot of different areas of this Lions team right now based on what they've given up, what, over 80 points in these last two losses. But where everybody wants to look at it's the same problem that was a glaring one last year, and here we go again. It's Jonathan Jennings, and now the question is legitimately being asked, is Jonathan Jennings a legitimate starter in the Canadian Football League? And for a lot of people, I think there is the undecided or leaning towards the no now after a big step backwards last year, and right now we're looking at more picks then touchdowns and he has yet to even throw for more than 200 yards in a game this year sanchez you got people that are screaming now here in vancouver where i am people screaming for the idea get travis lule in there there's whispers people suggesting hey go trade for johnny manzel even though ed hervey has gone on record months ago to say he's got no interest in wanting to do that um but people are looking at travis lule who's been the emergency quarterback, the third string quarterback for the last few weeks, who isn't even 100% yet coming off a major knee injury from last year. So uh, this is this is a messy situation again, and it's kind of a sad state of affairs for Wally Bono early in 2018 and what his, his final year as a coach in the CFL. Oh, yeah, I feel bad for... I feel bad for Wally in the situation he's in. I feel, I feel for Jonathan and you know, the situation... He's in. A, although, you know, both these these guys are proud, competitive people, and and it's you know, you, you know it's this is bad. Like this is I mean, I'm listening to you know, talk radio out there, James, and you're 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 knee deep in it, and uh, and you can attest to it. I mean, it's uh, it's people are calling for Wally's job. They're calling for Jennings is done in the Canadian Football League, and I I don't agree with either of those two things, and I do think that you know. Jonathan Jennings is is he's at the point now where where he's he's actually if if Travis is ready he's gonna lose his job now that doesn't mean he's done in the Canadian Football League but that means he's done as a starter for the BC Lions if Travis is healthy and that's uh, you know for what we saw two years ago to 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 get to that point right now where people are just they don't want they don't want to see him out there that's that's tough to see because I still think. And I think his teammates feel like he has, he's talented. But you watch, yeah, I watched the throw he missed. It started off with that first throw to Shaq Johnson. Shaq Johnson was wide open down the sidelines. BC, you know, they're a team that was, they had Chris Randall beat. And you're talking about a team that's struggling. Like you say, JJ didn't have over 200, hasn't had over 200 yards passing. And he has Shaq Johnson for a huge game in the first quarter and has one of the best DBs in the league beat. And, He's, he was on the run. He was rolling out to his right a little bit. But he threw the ball like three yards out of bounds. And, you know, Taylor Loeffler was coming over from the safety spot. All he had to do was lay it up over 
Chris Randall and throw it on a, on a rope, and he and and he's and he's walking. Shaq Johnson's walking in, and he throws it two yards out of bounds. Like that's a simple throw, and so that that just that showed me just confidence. Then the very next, the very next time he goes out on the field, after that he throws a little check down to Chris Rennie, throws it three yards over his head, and it's a it's picked by Big Hill. And those are you know, simple plays that you know for to, you don't pile on the guy when. You know, we don't know the coverage or you know, maybe the receiver ran the wrong route or things like that where you can maybe have a little bit of back and forth as to exactly what's going on. Everyone's just piling on, but that's cut and dry. Like, he's just missing throws, and that tells me that, that Jonathan, his confidence, I think, is, is shook right now, and, and, it's, and it's been shook for a minute. So it's, it's, uh, it's tough to see, but I, I feel like he's going to get another opportunity. It's, it might not be, you know, in the next few weeks here if Travis is healthy, but, you know, eventually – keeps working I think he'll get a chance to get back because he's got you know he's better than a lot of backup quarterbacks in this league so he'll get it he'll get a shot yeah well even the Adam Big Hill first interception that he had you know it was just a, a gift right into Biggie's hands yeah. where he completely short through like it's just here's a guy who's struggling with his confidence right now and I wonder in the grand scheme of things look it's a results business game so I understand if he's going to lose his gig there's a reason for it, but if you're trying to, if you look at this guy as being your quarterback, um, you know, he's 25, you know, he obviously takes an ego hit when he loses a starting job last year and gets basically forced into the position again when Travis goes down with injury for the final two months of the season. Now it's going to happen again where you're taking a quarterback who's coming off a significant knee injury in his mid-30s and I'm a big Travis Lule fan, but is this really the answer? With an offensive line that's given up 11 sacks, like no team's given up more sacks than the BC Lions outside of Montreal. And the Alouettes have played one more game. So it, it, it's, it hasn't gone pretty for an offensive line. They tried to rebuild, adding Joel Figueroa that brought back Javon Olafoye. And, you know, that story's kind of flown under the radar because there's been this... this sort of cute story but also an indictment of the housing crisis and the affordability crisis in Vancouver with the story of Javon Olafoye trying to find a place to live here in the region in the what's lower that? mainland what's that? but what's that cute story oh it's you know just go to the wizard of google but it's a story that a lot of media outlets here in uh, in Vancouver has picked up that you know the here's a you know an all-star offensive lineman in the CFL and he's got his he's got his kids and his wife and he's trying to find a place to live for the next 6 months and you know just trying to find a place and it's been well, documented he was well, trying to find problem? a place in what's Surrey the near the training what's, facility what's the problem with trying to find a place why why can't he find one he hasn't had any he hasn't had any luck and trying to find a place that he can get okay, and let me let me, let me clarify something too just in case anybody right. anybody listening here I don't know the story okay but in case right. anybody listening here thinks that if the story is because Javon Alafoye doesn't have enough money to to afford a place, he's made a whole lot of money for over the last seven seven years. So it's not about that. Yeah. It's not about that. I promise you that. So no. Okay. But Let's it's trying to find. That. It's trying. But it's legitimate. Like no. But it's just vacancy from a rental standpoint and and all of it. So he's big, he's big. having a. He's trying, you quit whining. Yeah. Hey, hey, Big O, that's my boy too. Big O, quit quit your, quit your whining. 
Quit your whining, spend your off day, and go find yourself a place for you and your family to live. Man, quit your whining, big O. Well, it's it's a great way for us in the sports business to talk about uh, afford the, the housing affordability here in there Vancouver because we love talking. We love talking real estate on this side of the country, anyway. So, uh, but that's but look, I mean, the offensive line has been a struggle, and and Jonathan Jennings has been a, a struggle, and I just wonder. Look, Ed Hervey's come in here now; it's his team. Uh, you've got a new OC now and Jarius Jackson. This is Wally's last year. Uh, I think Jonathan Jennings is, you know, this is a job interview for him right now. And I think based on what we're seeing in the first three weeks, he's failing miserably. Okay. So what the, the question is going to be about Travis. I mean, what Travis is injured. If you're Travis, are you, are you playing right now? Do you want, do you want to go out there and play? Well, and, and that's the funny thing, Chez, because after saying all of that right now about Jonathan Jennings, I would stay with Jonathan Jennings for at least another week. And here's why. I would too. Travis Lule has gone on record to say he's about 90% to where he's at, and he thinks that, you know, based on where we're at as we record this episode, he says, well, you know what, I, you know, potentially he could potentially start this coming weekend. And I, my guess is that the Lions are going to probably lean towards that. But you've got a quarterback coming off a significant knee injury whose mobility is probably going to be limited to begin with against an offensive line that I don't know if you could get insurance on an old line the way that they're playing like that right now. You know what I mean? Like, remember the remember the days when you were living out here on the West Coast and all the leaky condos? Yes. Like the, yes. the offensive line right now, the offensive line is one of those old school leaky, leaky condo. condos right okay. now. Right? Okay. <laughs> you feeling me? This is it's all coming back to real estate here. Um, but this is I would I would stay with Jonathan Jennings, and you would too. You're saying? I I would I would for the fact of look, Travis. Why would you put the, the league's not if they don't win this week they're not out of the out of playoff contention. So to me whether or not you want to get this thing back on the right track or you think Travis is your is a better option that's that's just too bad because if I'm Travis I'm looking out for myself, I'm looking out for you know you know the next the second half of the season and for the franchise I'm doing the same thing. And on, on the other side of it I see it two, two ways. Jonathan is well you might as well take a look at Jonathan for another week as well, another two weeks as well. You you win both ways that way. You actually get more, you get another sample size of Jonathan. And whether you, some fans may not want to see that, but too bad it is what it is. He he's earned that, and you don't want you don't want to throw Travis out there when he's when he's not healthy yet. So I, for two reasons, I I play Jonathan for at least another week, maybe two, until until Travis is fully healthy. Yeah, just ride, ride it out at this point sure, in time and, and see where it goes. Sure. But look, I understand, and I, I think they are probably going to look at it from a dollar standpoint this weekend and say, we got to find a way to sell tickets here in Vancouver, which has been an issue for the last couple of years. Um, and right now, look, that's not it's Travis hard Lule's to say. Fault. To, that's not Travis Lule's fault. No, it's not. not no, Travis it's Lule. not Travis. No, it's not Travis Lule's fault, but as a team, Look, and I, and I think even wins. You go back to 2016, you know, this team was probably the most exciting team in the CFL, and, you know, they had a hard time drawing fans look at, at the, that time two years ago. Look at so the talent on the, whatever on the, the team, Z-Ball. I mean, I look, oh, I I know. look at the skill set. I love, I love Chris Rainey. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson is one of the better backs in the league. I think their O-line is improved from last, from last year. Shaq Johnson's a young up. Manny Arsenault, Brian Burnham. Yeah, I mean these guys. Corey Watson's a good, a good a Canadian slot back. They had, they have 
a decent team. Now, they're offensively. Defensively, I said this coming into this season. I think that, you know, I think you're fooling yourselves if – and I'm not for a minute going to question what Ed Hervey and, and those guys are doing because they, they know what they're doing. Maybe that's just the situation that they've been put in. But I think if you try to, you know, throw in six six guys that are new to the CFL, not new to the CFL, but new to the BC Lions and relatively new to the CFL in regards to playing experience and well, let's just say this because they're not they're not all new to the CFL. They've kind of there's a couple of journeymen out there. Um, they're all new to BC Lions. Let's say this: you're going to add six guys to your defense that haven't played together. In, in on that team before, I don't. It's pretty tough to have success, and especially you know it's a, it's a league where you know continuity and 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 relationships are huge. And I and I I didn't see how you possibly think that you're gonna have success with all these new guys. And, and the reality is, if all you know, I'm looking at the secondary right now: AJ Orange and, and Gary Peters, Marcel Young. Um, who else am I missing? It's probably more Otha Foster. All these guys have played for other teams and didn't get re-signed from these other teams. So, I mean, to me, and, and that some of these guys are good football players, but yep. if you're if you're really great, I mean, the other teams not gonna let you go. And that's, I mean, I've had to move on, and you know, a lot of good players, not myself, but a lot of good players have had to move on. <laughs> I mean, you know, Adam Big, well, no, you know, I didn't mean it that way. I mean. Every, no, no, everyone, I, I everyone has to move I on. Adam Big Hill had to move on. BC Lions didn't want to re-sign Adam Big Hill, and it's there's, there's reason. My point is there's reasons for it. But if and think they re, think they regret that now after what happened last sure, weekend. Sure, <laughs> we can go into that. But my point is, if there's sure. five, four guys in your secondary who all are that in the same situation, younger type guys, but all have they're all their teams let them you know, bring them back. I mean, there's a reason. There's some some there's some issues there, and and. You have all that. That's what your whole secondary is built from. There's not a. There's not an all star in that whole secondary. Uh, T.J. Lee is a good player, but uh, the rest of those guys, there's not an all star in the group. I don't think. I mean, find me yeah. another, find me another secondary in the league that doesn't have one all star, like over their career. But guys have all played in the league for some years, but none of them have, been, have ever been an all star. I mean, that's mm. it. And and back to the biggie thing. He's a good football player. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that looking at what happened, they regret it, but. You know, Ed's reasoning was what we talked about. What did he always say? Build this team from the inside out. And he doesn't see Adam Big Hill as Adam Big Hill is, a, you know, somewhat of a skilled player, not a not a guy in the trenches. And it wasn't – he wants Big Hill, I'm sure, but I don't think it was a priority. No, I think the, the, the dollars he preferred to – he preferred to spend those big dollars elsewhere. And, you know, that that's his choice. And that's his vision. And you know what? Adam Big Hill seems to have found a home. Um, you know, moving on and, and, you know, to, to, to jump over to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, you know what, they're two and two right now. And that's pretty good considering where they are. They weathered the storm without Matt Nichols. And, you know, first things first, uh, two things. One, that's a very good, that, pop that's a great, all the honey. <laughs> nope. they're all, you know what, they're all, you know, that's a deep team. It's a talented team. They went one and two. Chris Trevler, who I thought played very well as a true rookie here in the CFL. But Matt Nichols, man, you know, there's a guy who shows his toughness again, who steps in, missing only three games. I think he came back a lot sooner than a lot of people realized. I mean, he came back a lot sooner than I anticipated. I, I didn't think we were going to see him until at least August. That was my uh, guess to make sure. No, Don't rush it. Don't rush it, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden, boom, there he is taking reps right after we record last week's episode. And, 
and there he's on the field starting last week and you know what didn't set the world on fire but didn't need to you know Andrew Harris doing what Andrew Harris does best and and the rest of the team just kind of picking up the slack that you know again this is you know and Matt Nichols has shown that he can win games when he needs to but at the same time there's enough depth around him that as he gets back into the groove he didn't need to carry that team last week against the Lions and you Boy, that's a him, nice embarrassment of Richards. You call him Matt Nichols a game manager? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he will kill you. He I didn't say you. that. I you. didn't you say that. We've moved past it. That was a 2016 conversation. <laughs> so 20, that was a, so 2016, C-Ball. <laughs> that's so 2016. Yes, exactly. Now, he look, you know what? It's <laughs> yes. funny. It's, it's, it's bad as bad his numbers weren't great, and, and I, thought he looked, I thought he looked really good. That's because I had, because like you, I was so surprised that he was back, and he yeah. he missed some throws, but he just, you can see, I, he'll they will carve up if they if BC plays anywhere the same as they did last week, he will carve them up because he's not going to miss those throws again. Yeah, no, that's and and you know what, and that's that's the thing. Like I think there are areas that Winnipeg can probably say we've got room for improvement, and yet. I mean, the Lions have definite room for improvement, but they still put 41 points up on the board against the Leos last weekend, and I think the Bombers could say, like, hey, we, we had a couple of missed spots. So, yep. um, yeah, so, yeah, no, the Bombers 2-2. Two and two, Like, there, there's a team I, I certainly look at trending upwards. You know, a lot of people in Regina right now, Chez, are, are ripping on the Riders and, and what's happening, and I don't love with how they're trying to manage the whole quarterback situation. Like, pick a guy and run with him. If You know, if Watford's your guy, then, then go with him. If Brandon Bridge is going to be your starter, then, you know what, ride it out with him. But, you know, for all the, for all the negativity uh, that's been thrown around, I, I, want, I do want to give a, a win to the, uh, to the Riders last weekend that, you know what, for everything that's kind of been said about them, uh, that was a good Hamilton team that they beat last week. And maybe it wasn't pretty offensively, but you know what? Hamilton's shown a lot defensively this year. They've shown a lot on both sides of the football. You know, Jeremiah Masoli, uh, you know, ties ties the CFL record for his ninth consecutive 300-yard passing game. Uh, but, hey, you know what? They found a way. They found a way to get that win over the Tabbies. And so for all, the, for all the hate and for all, you know, all the elbow drops everybody's throwing at the Riders these days and Chris Jones, that's a big win. That's an impressive win because I don't think people necessarily thought that the uh, Riders maybe had it in them the way that they were playing. And uh, How about you this? Know what? That was a win for the defense. How about yep. this? The quarterback situation in Saskatchewan, those those of you yelling at yelling, two two things. If you're yelling at at, <laughs> at Chris Jones for what he's doing at the quarterback situation, or you're yelling at at Jonathan Jennings and the BC Lions for what they're doing, uh, the Riders now don't have any a better situation at quarterback than BC does right now. At least, at least how how Brandon was playing and how Watford was playing. So the only way they won that game, and that's what BC would need to do. They they need everyone's ripping on Jonathan Jennings. Why doesn't that defense step up and, and, and make some make enough plays to, to win a game for you? Special teams, other other sides, and, and Wally alluded to it, but everyone else is just giving dropping the hammer on Jonathan. I'll tell you what, Chris Jones, he found a way uh, to beat, like you said, a really good team by scheming the heck out of him. He schemed the heck out of him, especially in the second half. Defensively, um, with the things they were doing on, on defense to shut down Jeremiah Masoli, the matchups thing, the matchups they did, uh, they had a, they, so many different looks. They were 
you know, they were showing some some bracket coverages, and then they're coming off the bracket blitzing, just some stuff that like just out of the box thinking, finding ways to to win a game, however you need to. And that's I mean, Chris Jones does that. I mean, he, he you guys, you know, people. I say you guys. I mean, the, the fans who who want to you know ish on Chris Jones. He if the guy can coach. The guy can coach football. They couldn't complete a flipping pass against arguably the best, the hottest team in the league, one of the best teams in the league, and a quarterback who's not, what, nine straight 300-yard games, a defense that's in Hamilton that's playing lights out. And they have a guy, a quarterback, in Brandon Bridge who's struggling and Watford who's struggling. In the second half, if you look at the play calling from Steve McAdoo and what Chris Jones were doing, they were calling quarterback runs, um, uh, try to hand off to the running back and get three yards in a cloud of dust, quick screen passes. They wouldn't even throw the ball more than five yards down the field. They had no trust at all in their pass game, and they still beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats strictly by playing defense. They basically they basically took the ball back on on offense just to run the, get rid of the, take the ball three times and kick it, like, and then play, get back on defense and hope they could score. Like it was it was brutal and super apparent when you looked at looked at them and their play calling. He was not going to lose that game on offense. Impressive. It's impressive. So, in short, would you rather have the Lions quarterback situation right now or the Riders quarterback situation right now or Montreal's? In- including the guys with the thought that they're going to be back in uh, with the, you know, are you saying that with, is Zach going to be back in, in three weeks or you mean right today situation? Right Who now. Have available? Right now. Who's available right, right now? now. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's a... Wow, Montreal. I'd still probably take BC. Montreal, I, I think I would BC, still take BC. Right that's now. tough. I'll take BCs too. Brandon Bridge is not. Yeah. Brandon Bridge <laughs> did not play well at all. Uh, Jonathan didn't play well. I don't know. I'll, I'll flip. I'll flip a coin with those two. I'm not taking Montreal. That's for sure. But I'll flip a coin with the other you're two. Not, you're, you're not. No. No. That's. Uh, yeah, that that that's an ongoing struggle. Um, Although, yeah. hey, uh, just say hey, just on just to close, uh, you know what? Two things. Uh, two things that I also want to touch on with the riders. Uh, Charleston Hughes still showing that he's got gas left in the tank, uh, and we both thought that this guy would come into the season motivated. He's shown that so far through the first few games. Yep. So, uh, you know, tip of the cap to Charleston. But at the same time, uh, Jerome Messam, um, you know, we talked about whether or not there'd be a fit and whether he'd find his way back in Calgary at the end of last season. And ultimately, there, there was no fit. He goes to uh, to the Riders. Uh, he's averaging just over three yards a carry right now. Does he? Does that change, or is this is this a, a concern? I mean, it's still early, but I feel like I'm a little worried that maybe that cliff has hit. Um, you know, yeah. there's a reason why the the stamps wanted to cut bait here. Yeah, there was. I was after the, so when he came in the game, it was interesting. Actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. When Mess came in the game in the, I believe it was the second quarter, and they gave him the the ball three times in a row. He had a couple runs where he ran some people over and, and had a had a decent game. And the, the, anyway, when they announced his name after that first rush, the crowd went crazy. Like it was a big ovation for Jerome Mess. That kind of told me like. That you know the conversation out there is hey let's get this guy we brought him over here let's we want to see him and the emotion that Mess had after that that drive and they actually went down that was the drive they went down and scored and actually it was a drive that Brandon Bridge fumbled on the half yard line actually but he came off the sideline and I was standing right there and the emotion that he was showing he was like he was yelling he was uh, you know basically like it was one of those things like give me the damn ball I'm here to play and 
and look what I just did. And he did have a couple nice runs. He's motivated. Problem is Trey Mason uh, and Thigpen are two uber talented dudes. And and so Thigpen and, and him are not the same skill set. Thigpen's the scat back kind of guy. You saw it with that touchdown run. And Mason is similar, um, but he's a he's a big dude, and he can run. He's just I mean those guys are talented dudes, and I think that Chris Jones. Whether he's right or wrong, he believes those guys are better. So I feel like they, Jerome is there and in a in a situation. I think it's going to be this way. I think Jerome is there in a situation where if they need him for ratio flexibility, they'll call on him. But other than that, I think he's going to be the third back. That's I don't. I'm sure he didn't anticipate that, but I don't see it playing. No, I, I don't, don't think they anticipate. I don't no, think they anticipate. I don't think so either. either but right? watching. But watching how it's going, that's that looks what's gonna happen. Looks like what is gonna happen. And Chris Jones is not a guy who's going to. He's not worried about your feeling. You know, like he's not worried that Jerome's. You know, Jerome's had a, a great career. He's been a great player in this league, and and may still have it, and deserves better than to come over there and sit on the bench. But Chris is Chris Jones is a guy who's like, hey, you beat up the guy in front of you, or it is what it is. And I I'm pretty certain he's not going to be worried about feelings of Jerome Besson, but I believe that's where he's going to be going to be sitting unless they need him ratio wise or unless he shows something different. Well, you can you can speak to I mean, you obviously have a you've been very open about this on this show over the last couple of years since we launched the waggle back in 2016. But you've kind of been open that you have a, a relationship with Chris Jones from your times together when he was your coach. Uh, but you know, you also told the story, uh, and you can kind of speak to like how you know, Chris Jones isn't necessarily in the business of making friends, but he was very public. He, he called you out on the field. Many he times. got in a bickering no. match where he threat. He was threatening to. He was threatening to cut you essentially. He told, right? He, he, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, when, when I when you say I have a relationship, I'm I'm cool. Me and Chris are cool. I have a relationship with Jerome too. But the facts are facts. The man, yeah. the man can coach football. He's not scared. He doesn't care what you think. And I, I appreciate and I respect that. Uh, he thinks outside the box. He's he's willing to do things that a lot of others aren't, and and I respect. And he works hard, and I, I respect that. And he's in, in regards to me, yeah. He he told me he told me, and I was probably I played for five more years after he said this, and he was he's probably partly true. He said uh, I I was arguing with him about something, and you know at this point I had been around the league for a while, and I was an all star, and I felt like I I would, you know I had certain rights, and he said to me, hey. He said, I don't care what you say, he, you know, shut up, basically. He said, I don't care what you say, you're not that damn good anymore, you know. And <laughs> and he yelled this across the field in front of everyone else. And, I mean, he, I think at that point he was probably right. I probably wasn't that good anymore and probably need to stay in my lane a bit. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's a that's – <laughs> There just, it is. It's just, yeah, stay in your lane. But it, it's just it's – it's an example, the point of telling that is the example that regardless if you think, you know, I, I was a veteran, uh, I was a champion, uh, it's just like, you know, just like other guys who are vets and, and are, are, you know, play for him. He doesn't care about your feelings or what you've done before. He wants to win. He's going to put the best guys in the field, and it is what it is. And that's kind of, you know, I, I respect that. And, and I think that if you're a fan of the Riders, I think it's something that you, you know, Probably you want. I would want my coach to have to do that. Well, and that's and that's partly why I kind of brought that back yeah, up because no, you can kind of relate point. to a little bit. Well, look of at just the guys like, hey, he's got rid of. You, you've been, you've been, there. been there, yeah. Look at the guys he got rid of. Oh, look, I, yeah. that's not easy. He is, he's not doing it to be a jerk. Like he loves Rob Bag. I know for a fact 
he thinks he thinks the world of Rob Bag. He loves Rob Bag, mm-hmm. but he just felt like Rob Bag can't get open the way the other young guys he has on the roster can. So, bye. Hey, so Weston, Weston, they made they made that call with Weston Dressler, Weston Dressler. Uh, when John he first Chick, got to John too, Chick. right? Darian Durant. He doesn't care. You know. He's, uh, again, it's about winning for him, and he's got his vision, and he's got the idea of where he wants to go. But, yeah, no, it's, uh, anyway, it's yeah. just something that it kind of struck my mind yeah, just because no. of the numbers haven't been there and just four touches uh, this past week as well. So, uh, hey, another, another storyline I want to get into, and I, I kind of want to take a little issue with Edmonton and... You know, they they lost to Toronto, and the Argos finally pick up their first win of the season and a nice little market correction for them. And James Franklin kind of getting the opportunity to to be a primetime player here. We've we've talked about it for, what, about three years? And, you know, probably the best the best non-starter uh, around the CFL up until... Well, and I, and I think he even had that edge over Johnny Manziel despite all the hype. But, uh, you know, Franklin, uh, Franklin, solid, not spectacular in, uh, in his start in that win. But... You know, the, the, the thing I wanted to take issue with was after the game, uh, how I felt like Edmonton was griping about the issue of the, uh, I guess, the noticeable, to put it lightly, a difference from the turf, from the grass that goes to the artificial or astroturf, if you will, in the end zone at BMO Field in Toronto. And look, is it ideal Absolutely not. Is it a little ridiculous? Absolutely. But I don't think that Edmonton should be crying about that maybe costing them the game. Now, the play that came into question in particular that I heard Mike Riley and Darrell Walker talking about was a play that happened in the second quarter where Darrell Walker falls. Like, this wasn't with no time left on the clock. This is in the second quarter with plenty of football left in the game. And last I checked, Chez, and I know that you haven't played on that, but every other team has to deal with the same rules of engagement, including the Argos, who have to do it nine times a year. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't think you're alone with, with that. I didn't. I didn't think they handled that right. I think that you know a lot of people complain about that about that surface stand zone, but. It's the same for both teams, and the one thing, yes, the Argos do. To be fair, the Argos play on the surface more, and like you said, nine times in a year where Edmonton will only play on it once. But and also, Argos don't practice on it, so that's they don't have, they're not on it every day to get that feel. So take that out the equation, and they also, uh, you know, you have before the game to go and take a look at it, figure out what you're gonna do, and, and adjust the game plan. And accordingly, I mean, that's, it is what it is. You know, it's back there. You know the thing. Don't, don't, don't throw the back ball back there if you're going to slip on it. And, and it goes the same way for when the Argos are on offense. I mean, and also, like you said, the great thing, great point you make is it doesn't made it sound like it cost you the game. And it, there were several conversations like it was that was why they lost. You look at that play. Ronnie Yell has great coverage. When that ball goes up before the slip, that's like he throws. Mike Riley throws that into coverage. Mike, John, Ronnie Yell has great coverage. He's on top of the route. He's going to break it up anyway. I don't know if he picks it without the slip, but he's breaking it up anyway. So I don't know. That's that's kind of like you know, sour grapes. It's, it's uh, kind of how I feel about that. And, you know, take the take the high road. Take the high road. Complain about it with your buddies in the locker room, but to 
to come out publicly and, and you know, make it look like that's the reason you lost the game is kind of I don't love I don't, lo- I, I don't I will, love it either but I would I will say though based on what I've seen through the first like you know I think Montreal is who we thought they were BC is probably where a lot of people would have expected them to be going into the season. Uh, I think there was a there was a hope that if there was a team that, based on the changes and some of the talent and personnel that they had existing, maybe if there was a team that could have potential to turn things around like the Argos did last year, I thought BC could have been that team. But I'm not surprised that they're one and two. Um, when you look around, I think the Argos. I'm probably a little surprised they're one and two. Um, you know, Hamilton two and two, uh, probably about what I thought. Ottawa's two and one. I think Edmonton at two and two was a surprise for me. They've probably been uh, a little bit of a disappointment in my mind from what I've seen through the first four games. I, I've expected a little better. I know they took some hits, uh, some personnel hits in the offseason, but by and large, I, I think Edmonton's probably been, and I think they would admit themselves, like that's a disappointing start for them I, at two and two. I disagree. Like, they... I disagree. Really? Yeah. They, I mean, they've they've won. I mean, they're two they're two and two, but they've uh, they have I they had thirteen guys on on six game IR. Like they they were banged yeah. up. They've been really unfortunate with injury bug. And they, I think they've played. I think they played good football. Really, I think they played really good football with the injuries they've had. Uh, I mean, they, and to be able to to win some of the games they've won with the injuries they had. So I I actually disagree with that. I think they're. I think Riley's playing as good as I've seen him in regards to when I say playing as good, I mean that he has command, and I think he looks he looks as good command wise and and arm strength wise arm strength wise athletically he looks as good as as I've seen him coming in this year. I think I think he's going to have a big um, a big rest of this year. I, I like what they're doing and Duke Duke Williams as well. I want to say that too. He's he's a different looking receiver. Than he was last year. He's they've talked about him slimming down, but you can see him in the slot. He looks like looks more polished. Before I thought he was just a jump ball guy last year. Now he can run routes. He's getting in and out of his breaks, uh, and he's uh, he's a big physical guy. I like that as well. That's a big, that's gonna make a big big difference for them. This is such a crazy uh, episode for us because we really haven't we up until I say this now, Deron Carter. We haven't talked about him at all this week. Um, I've only only twice have we mentioned the name Johnny Manziel. Make that three times, and we haven't really had a discussion about him. Um, That's wow, crazy! I mean, it's, that is wow. Crazy. How about this? What a, what a break for what a break for the rest of the league, hey? Yeah, seriously, what a break for the rest hey, of the JC, league. J C. Sherrod balling as well. Shout out to J C. Sherrod. He was uh, a kid. The the kids uh, that kid's a football player. But yeah, shout out to J C. Sherrod as well. And a guy who, uh, who who came back from a significant injury last year and uh, has picked up right exactly where he's yeah. where he's left off yeah. too. So, yeah. yeah, eight tackles last week in the uh, in a loss to Edmonton. So, I mean, he's JC's JC JC Sherritt is doing JC Sherritt things yeah. as usual. Anything else you want to add before uh, we put a bow on this? Um, I'm uh, I look forward to this week. The re- oh, that that game. Uh, the Ottawa Calgary game. I'm interested to see what Calgary, what Ottawa does. Um, they got a hand to them pretty good, so I want to see this. This to me will. Tell yeah, but me they didn't. Lo- they didn't play well. I didn't. Th- I didn't think they played very well in Calgary. No, they did. You know, it wasn't exactly a nice night. So yeah, I think there's an oppor- an opportunity for a market correction in the nation's yep. capital. That's Great. that's that's probably the intriguing game for me in terms of 
you know, I mean, right now you're looking at the two top teams, the top team in the East and the top team in the West going head to head. And that's uh, coming up uh, and then it's going to kick off uh, this week. So, yeah, that should be a fun one. Uh, he's David Sanchez. I'm James Sabolski. Did your dad listen to a podcast yet? No, he's not listening to it. He does not care. <laughs> He, he does not care. He was. Out. I think that's got to be the you know, mission. You know, he did. That's he gonna be the my, mission. He was in my. He was in my backyard all day in the in the sun today, putting putting uh, putting pavement in my back in my backyard and my my outside area, getting it all nice. He does not care about podcasts. He wants to likes to work around the house, fix things, make things cool. He doesn't sit and listen to our 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 stuff. Dad's, he can't listen to while he's working. Nah, Dad's chilling. He doesn't want to listen. If anything, he's watching. He's down watching downstairs right now, watching Bargain Hunters or something. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he and my dad would get along really well right now um that's david sanchez my name is james sabalski uh ever want to hit us with a question the waggle at cfl.ca is where you can send us an email the waggle at cfl.ca you can find davis on twitter at davis sanchez and you can find me at James Sabalski. That's C-Y-B-U-L-S-K-I. Um, ever miss an episode, you can always find us on iTunes. Uh, every archived episode is there since day one back in June of 2016. Lots of great episodes, conversations with the Flutie brothers uh, in the past. Uh, Joe Theismann as well. And uh, and many more. Warren Moon amongst uh, other stars and and a lot of the current stars check uh, out, as you hear each and, and every week. And check out our guy, CFL Podcast, our, our boy Jeff Creever. Check him out on his podcast. Go over to <laughs> CFL.ca. Check out Jeepers. Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, CFL Fantasy Podcast over there too. That's uh, – uh, yeah. And what happens every Thursday on CFL.ca, oh, Sanchez? Yeah, check, us out. check us out. Game time. CFL game time as well. That's me and Brody Slauson. Uh Every Thursday, on location, at the game, wherever it is. This week, we're in Ottawa. Uh, and yeah, we have, we have uh, our pregame show. That's, uh, it's always a half an hour, uh, a 30-minute show right before TSN does their pregame show. So we're on. Uh, we always have whatever band is playing for that Thursday night football game. We've had them as a guest on the show. And we're live, be tailgating, uh, breaking down the matchups. Uh, we have good, great, like I say, guests. It's uh, CFL game time. Me and Brody every every Thursday, my dude. Well, there you go. It's fun. So you're so basically when you are on, you're basically the pregame for the pregame. Yeah, so the full, yeah. the true diehard, the true diehard needs to be watching you guys. True, true that, true that. Yeah, I like it. True that. Uh, that's Sanchez. I'm Sabalski. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Enjoy the games. Only three of them this week for Week Five. But nevertheless, it's always good. It's always fun. And we'll talk to you next week on The Wag. One of the most dynamic playmakers in the Canadian Football League joins us this week on The Waggle, Ottawa Red Blacks playmaker Deontay Spencer. Deontay, welcome to The Waggle, sir. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. I'm glad to be on it. So tell me this right out of the gate. Who is the best playmaker in the Canadian Football League in your mind? I mean, um, it's, it's a lot of great players in this league, but I would put myself up there as um, one of those guys. See, I kind of knew you were going to say that, and it's partly why I wanted to talk to you about it today. What makes you that guy then? Um, I just I just think, you know, just want to want to score on every, every single play. Like every time I get the ball, I feel like it's um, – 
it's my time to make something happen. So I just think I, I kind of pride myself on the, you know making big plays and, and trying to bring a spark to this team um, whenever I touch the football. So some people listening to this, um, you know, especially from a Canadian standpoint, because we say sorry, even if like we. Like even if you were to bump knock us down, we would be the ones to say sorry for getting in the way because we're just an apologetic mm-hmm. nation by and large. But some people listening, they might say, you know, that sounds kind of arrogant. Well, he thinks he's the best. Tell me why that's mm-hmm. not, or is it? Um, you know, I just I just have that chip on my shoulder. Um, you know, I, I put in the work. I work hard to you know get where I'm at, and it wasn't easy. So I just feel like every time I step on the field, um, that that chip gets bigger, so I do pride myself on to, you know, to becoming, you know, who I am, and I think it's just a part of me. It just kind of what drives me to, to be the player I am. So um, it might sound a little arrogant, but, um, you know, in this type of this type of game, I feel like that's, that's how you have to approach it. Why do you have a chip on your shoulder? Just, man, just growing whole life, man. I've always been, been – count it out, you know, so um, I just kind of play as to remind people why I'm here, so I just think it's, it's the way I, you know, I was raised, the way I was I was brought up, you know, just always competing and, you know, trying to be the best at every every single thing that I do, so. So does this journey start in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, New Iberia, Louisiana? Yeah. What is, where is New, New Iberia, Louisiana, anyway? I mean, obviously, it's in the state of Louisiana, but where's New Iberia? Um, it's it's about uh, an hour and 45 minutes from New Orleans and, you know, maybe an hour from Baton Rouge. So um, it's, it's deep in, deep in the south and, you know, country boys, so. And there's a there's a lot of players that come out of Louisiana, and especially I feel like from yep. kind of down on the bayou. I mean, it's uh, are there a lot of guys that you kind of that you're familiar with from where when you played out, whether it was high school ball that you see up in the CFL now? Oh, I mean, it's it's not many guys you know that that's up in this area, but you know it's it's guys that professionally across this you know the whole you know world. You know, even playing in the NFL, it's a lot of guys. So. Um, Who'd you come across? You know, I just, I think, yeah, I just think, you know, down, down in Louisiana, man, we just that water we drink is just breathe a little different down there. <laughs> it's the gumbo. It's the jambalaya. It's the food, man. It's the food. See, I feel like honestly, and I, we were just talking, we were just talking about this a few weeks ago on the show. I feel like I am living in the wrong part of the world when it comes to cuisine. I feel like at some point in time, it is New Orleans is on my bucket list. I've got to get Man, down there. If you ain't been there. You, it's it's a must. Especially well, during Mardi Gras, you gotta gotta get down there. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. You bring the beads, or no? Actually, I'll bring the beads, and then you 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 take you point us to the direction of the uh, of the home cooking. All right. Oh yeah, I can definitely do that. I'm not giving you the beads though. No. no. <laughs> I don't want the I don't want the beads. So when you when you fair enough yeah okay we're we're on the same page here not that there's anything wrong with that or just you know hey um, what made like what was your reaction coming to Canada and I I love uh, asking guys who you know you're you're from the south and as you said you know you're you're a country boy your own self proclaimed um, when you're coming to Canada obviously I'm sure you probably didn't know a lot about the Great White North did you nothing at all um, just I was kind of 
kind of not, I wouldn't say scared, but kind of one of those things where you're not unsure, you know, um, just moving away from home. You know, I went to school at McNeese, so that was like an hour and 30 minutes, uh, you know, from where I, where I grew up. So I had never really left the, the state like that, so especially leaving the, the country, so I was a little nervous about it. So how do you get how do you get tipped off to something like that? Because you here you are, you you're you know you grow up in Louisiana. You play your college ball not far from home either, and then you get what you got a you got a rub with the Rams, right? They gave you at least a a little bit of an opportunity, or would you even consider that much of an opportunity? Um, I wouldn't even consider that an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I just um, I think it just kind of happened perfect timing. So, um. I, Kerry Joseph had like came spoke to to us in high school after they had won like the Great Cup um, one year, and our football team was in the playoffs. So he came speak to us, and that was the first time I I actually, you know, had had even heard of the CFL. So I kind of knew that he played here, but I didn't really know too much about it. So and then he so he tips you off, and that, that's funny because because Kerry's now uh, he's a coach now. Uh, down in Louisiana as well, right? So, yeah, he's a, he's actually a receiver coach. Yeah, at, uh, at McNeese, where I, I also went. And it's and it's now it's you know it's getting that word out sometimes because I would think initially you're probably your first reaction after you get cut by the Rams. It's like I'm done playing football now, and here you are. You're only in your early twenties, right? Yeah, it was it it was kind of one of those things where like you know like what's next? You know, continue to still work out, but. It was one of those like what what's the next thing so and so now here you are um you know you found a home in the Canadian Football League and as you as you mentioned like and I hey I even mentioned it at the outset you're one of the more dynamic playmakers in the CFL in the Canadian Football League and you know your your skills and your your game is still trending upwards right now I I feel like there's still more to offer and I'm sure you probably feel the same way right now um, what what did you how did you feel when you first step out onto the Canadian game? Because you know, you're running around and it's all of a sudden there's the waggle, there's emotion, it's all of, you got a much wider field. Like, you know, you can say go you know, you can basically run a fly pattern at first and goal essentially in the Canadian football league, right? All of a sudden. Um yeah. what what was that you know, what was it like getting on the field the first time? Um, man, it was I was more excited than anything because you know, like my stint with the, with the Rams, I had never really played a professional game. So once once I got the opportunity to to just you know play football and do what I love again, I was just excited, man. And like all this feel and you know learning the 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 ins and outs of this game, it was it was all it was all fun to me, you know. So once I stepped on the field, I think we were at home. We we're playing against SAS. Um, I had a you know a great game. Um, Ended up scoring my first touchdown, and you know I just could think about you know just like man you know this is my first professional football game so it was to me it was you know especially like learning from the guys in front of me especially like Chad Owens man it was just like for me to just play my first game and trying to just soak up all the knowledge um, I was excited man. It was, Kind of something I probably never forget, um, you know, in my football career. So here we are now. You're 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 riding high with the uh, with the Red Blacks off to a pretty good start this season. Uh, I think probably the most notable thing that a lot of people would probably remember this season so far is uh, your matchup with Deron Carter. Um, 
What what do you make of uh, you know you're a wide receiver and 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 so is at the, at, at his the root of Deron Carter's game. He's a wide receiver. What do you make of him playing DB? Um, I mean, I think he's he's a great athlete, but you know, this is at the end of the day, this is professional football. So that all that you know, switching positions and stuff like that is going to be difficult. Um, and for me, it was it was I feel like it was way too much hype behind it. Uh, you know, um, and for for me, it was kind of like a, a slap in the face. Well, I'll put a I'll put a receiver at, at DB. So for me, it was it was a challenge that I, I just kind of accepted uh, and just come out and try to play my best football. So um, at the end of the day, man, like I said, it's professional football, and some games it's, it's going to be like that, you know. And um, he's a great athlete, but you know, this is it's a different type of it's a different type of football um, when you're playing against a, a professional um, wide receiver. So. So what if your what if your head coach says, "Hey Deontay, listen, um, you know what? We've got a banged up secondary. We want you to go play DB." What would you say to that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm de- I'm playing. Um, I'm really? I feel like I can, yeah. I mean, that's just and that's just the competitive the competitive nature behind it. Like anything you're gonna do in life, especially like football players, we, we do have those you know, those those egos. So, I mean, if, if Coach says that he wants to put me at corner, I feel like, hey, I'm going to do my best to play corner. And the thing with it is, um, if you're going to talk the talk, you got to back it up. So, um, that's just one of those things. I mean, I played corner when I was, you know, growing up and even uh, throughout high school. So, I feel like right now, I mean, it is, I would have to adjust and learn. But, I mean, I'm going to do my best. What do you do in your spare time when you're not playing ball? Um, I'm I'm really, you know, I like to FaceTime my family, um, play video games. What games are you playing? Um, been playing, been playing Fortnite um, a lot lately. It's kind of basically the only thing that I'm, I've been playing right now because, you know, it's my my teammates. We all kind of play together, so I'm kind of really don't have time for no other game right now. So Fortnite is what I've been doing from off time and just kind of relaxing, um, especially during season, just taking care of my body. That's that's the biggest thing. I'm I'm always trying to find ways that uh, I can I can uh, make my body feel 100% come game day. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that you're playing Fortnite. I, I finally downloaded the game on my phone, and I like I die like within seconds of as soon as I land. As I pull a parachute, I land and I die. And maybe it's just because I'm like the middle aged guy now, right? Like. You know, I go with my handle. You got to get on a system, man. You can't play on your phone. Oh, really? I got okay. So I got to go next level. Maybe that's why. Yeah. So what do you play on? Yeah, then? you can't. You got to think about it. It's cross platform. So the guy that's killing you on while you're playing your phone, they might be playing as well. You know, so. Well, that makes sense now. Okay, so maybe I should be that playing on my sense. Switch or something like that because. Honestly, like I get whacked like within moments, like within seconds. As soon as I land, I go running. I even when I, I snuck up on a guy once, and I you know started hack. I had my axe, and I'm working away, and a guy turns around, builds a wall around me, and next thing you know, boom, blows me up. And I'm like, how where did that come from? So, oh yeah, it's it's all kind of man. It's it's so many ways you can down uh, down that game. Okay, well, you're going to have to teach me some lessons uh, to help straighten me out here. Uh, listen, nice to catch up with you. Congratulations on all the success you're having right now, and uh, 
it's fun watching you play out there because uh, you make plays, buddy, and uh, and stars sell. So thanks for taking the time with us. Thank you. Deontay Spencer from the Ottawa Red Blacks in conversation here on The Waggle.